Welcome to our Buckner Foster Care and Adoption podcast series, where we explore topics and issues related to foster care and adoption. My name is Emma Brzeek, and today I'm here with Andy Harrison, Buckner International's Director of Foster Care and Adoption for North Texas. Andy, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you for having me. Well, I've been um, the Buckner Foster Care and Adoption Director here for a little over five years, and um, prior to working at Buckner, I worked at the state of Texas for Child Protective Services for about 12 years um, in a variety of different roles. Um, I'm also married and I have two sons, but then we also foster and um, we've been foster parents for a little over a year and we have a beautiful boy that is nine months old that has cheeks that go forever and eyelashes that are super, super long. And I'm a fighting Texas Aggie. (laughs) Well, welcome Andy. We're happy that you're here with us today. Um, Andy is going to be addressing some of the most common foster care myths that she hears and that we hear um, at Buckner. Um, And often when people hear the term foster care, they tend to have a negative perception in their minds. There's a lot of misperception, misinformation floating around that makes foster parenting foster parenting seems scary and undoable for a lot of people. But the truth is, foster care often just gets a bad rap. So today we want to address some of those misperceptions that people often have about foster care. Children in foster care are there as a consequence to their own misbehavior. Andy, is this true? No. So children are coming into foster care because of abuse and neglect. Um, And when they've been abused and neglected, that's how they're coming into foster care. But unfortunately, because of that, they've been traumatized. And when you've been traumatized, you have some different behaviors that come with that. And so those, the trauma behavior that comes out, we, they have to be able to see what a healthy relationship looks like. A healthy marriage, a healthy relationship between a parent and a child, um, because that's the only way that that trauma can be healed. Okay, so, and then another one. As a foster parent, I won't have any control or any choice over the types of children placed into my home. Again, another myth. Um, Really and truly, you have all the say on what's going, what type of child is gonna be placed in your home. Um, We are gonna stretch you in different things because we don't want it to be about a child coming into your home. We want it to be about a child finding a family for a child not the other way around. And so we are gonna ask about your age preferences, we're gonna ask you about your gender preferences, your race preferences. I just think about the fact that we have two boys in our house. My husband had no idea what to do with a girl. And so (laughs) our preference was to have another boy. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were open to a girl. And so our agency was aware of that. That's great. I think, I think that kind of probably settles some fears for a lot of people because mm-hmm. they, they just are afraid of what they're going to get into sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's another one. Some people think that because of what these children have experienced to actually land them in foster care, so extreme abuse or extreme neglect, that foster children sometimes are beyond the point of being helped. What do you say to that? Well, um, I have a personal answer and then a professional answer on that. The professionally, There are MRIs, there are medical evidence to be able to show how the brain is being able to be reworked um, in a healthy, stable environment and how over time some of the behaviors that come out because of the trauma change. So there's evidence to support that 
And then personally, I've been in this business for 17 years. I've seen thousands of children in foster care and every single one of them has the hope to be able to change. And I've seen the change. It may be overnight and it may be in a year from now, but we have to be okay with the small progress on an every single day basis and to break it down that way, to be able to find the hope that we need. That's great. I mean, and I, I completely agree with you. There's, there's no child that's beyond, beyond hope. Absolutely. So another thing that sometimes people say is, you know, I'm busy. I work full time. I, mm -hmm. I just don't know that I have the time to foster. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, I say that you can. Um, I say that I feel like this spring I've been, both of our older boys are playing baseball and we have probably two or three baseball games a night working full time, trying to have dinners, trying to have family time and we were still able to do it with all the people that need to come into our house um, because it's a desire of ours to be able to help the children in our community. Um, and so um, Little Man is what we call him. Um, little Man came to all the baseball games. He got enjoy he probably knows more of the rules of baseball at a nine-month-old level <laughs> than my husband does. Um, however, we just have to be flexible with that and we can't be too structured. Um, that we're not willing to um, live life and enjoy life with a child. And now we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this message. Did you know there are more than 31,000 children in foster care in Texas? At Buckner, we believe every child deserves to know the love of a family. You can be that family for a child through Buckner Foster Care and Adoption. It is extremely important to have foster homes in our community because we have so many kids who don't have a place to go. Learn more at Buckner.org or by calling 1-855-264-8783. Be a family with Buckner. What if you're single or if you don't have parenting experience, even if you're married, you've never had kids before, can you still foster? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think of some of our single foster parents um, that are with Buckner right now, and I just think about they came coming to us with no childcare experience and how wonderful they are. Um, because they are so eager to learn and so eager to be flexible in their styles that it's beautiful to be able to see that. Um, and they have the time, they have the more flexibility than parents that have children and that are super busy that we were just talking about. Um, but it doesn't matter if you're single, married, young, old, you can do this. I think that's great encouragement for people because I, I, I do see how that would be a valid concern. Can I go back to that yeah. and just say, you know, also, you'd be surprised what childcare experience you have. Hmm. Um, you think about your nieces and you think about your nephews that you go and see at birthday parties or you babysit because you want to be the best aunt or the best uncle. Or you think about going to church and helping out with the Sunday schools with the different ages of kids. That's childcare experience that you're not taking um, ownership of. That, that does an amazing thing for you to be a great parent. That's great, that's a great point. So another thing that I think concerns people is they think, oh, I have you know just a small house or a small apartment or I don't even own my own home. Um, can you still be a foster parent? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we rent at our house because, you know, we want to live in a specific area of town and specific um, place for our kids to go to school. And it's one of those things that you have to be able to give up the stereotypes of what a family and the perfect family looks like. The perfect family is not if you own a home or if you have three kids that look beautiful in monogrammed outfits. But the perfect home is really just about how much love and how much attention and how much nurturing that you're doing for that child. So it has nothing to do with if you own or if you rent or if it's small or if it's large. It's really just about can you love a child? I think sometimes people also think, oh, you know, I'm a grandparent. I have my own grandkids now. I would love to have, um, you know, more children in my home. I would love to foster, but I think I'm probably too old. Is that the case ever, do you think? Yeah, my, my in-laws say the same thing, and I don't know <laughs> why. Um, but, you know, sometimes the empty nesters are the best parents um, because they have such a wealth of knowledge. Um, and so they may not want to take on the extra responsibility of um, fostering full-time, but maybe they want to be respite providers. Um, but I wouldn't discourage you from being foster parents because I think that you can show so much love and so much um, attention to that child that someone else might not be able to. And then just think about how you can be a mentor for not only for other foster parents, but even the biological parents that just mm -hmm. need someone to look up to that's a healthy um, healthy figure for their lives. Right, and you, you mentioned respite providers. What, what are respite providers? Yeah, so it's just someone that can be able to be um, there for families to be able to take a break. Um, one of the things that we always are looking at is that it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a village to be able to help foster children. And so you can't do it all on your own. Um, and if you have a foster child in your home 24-7, you will get burned out, just as you will get burned out as a parent if you have a child in your home for 24-7 all the time. And so a respite provider is someone that may not be at the point that they want to foster full-time, um, but they're willing to help out with the children, maybe for an evening or for a couple of days or even for a week if you need to go on a trip or something. That's great. I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing for foster families to have. Another thing that I think people think is they say, you know, becoming a foster parent, the process for that, it's just, it's extremely strenuous. It's way too invasive. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's some facts, some myth. Um, we ask you a lot of information, more information than I sometimes I actually want to know. But it, there's a reason for it. Um, and we have to make sure that everybody that's coming in is fully prepared to be able to care for these children because the last thing that these children need is any type of disruption in their lives. And so us being strenuous and us being invasive and asking you all the questions is a process to ensure that we have the right families caring for these kids. Yeah, so I, I think that's great. I mean, it's, you know, a lengthy process and um, sometimes it's not fun, but it's definitely worth it when, you know, at the end of the day, you're able to provide a safe and loving home for a child. Absolutely. So lastly, I think probably the thing that I personally hear the most, and I'm sure you guys hear just as much as I do, is I could never be a foster parent because I could never say goodbye to a child whom I fostered. Hmm. Yeah, that's the hardest thing um, 
First, I would just say, if you're building a relationship with a biological family from the very beginning, and you started out praying for that biological family, um, or if it's the aunts or the uncles, then you're building that relationship, and so you might not have to be able to say goodbye. Um, because you can be able to be that mentor for that family for many, many years. So that way you, you're continuing to see the child, continue to see them grow and develop into a healthy child. But per personally, after our first child left our home um, last fall, it was devastating. Um, and I cried every night for about a week. But then I had to remember, um, as I was praying to God and just saying, you know, help me get through this, I had to be able to, God really revealed to me, you know, you changed that child's life forever. Um, you took her to church. You read um, Bible stories to her. You sang Jesus Loves Me every night. You prayed over her every night. And so her life was changed, and your life was changed for the good. And um, as devastating as it was to say goodbye, it was so healing to know that I was able to be able to be involved in that child's life. And so we're asking you a lot of questions about how you've been able to process your grief and your loss and your life because we want to make sure that when a child does leave that you can heal from that. We're not going to put another child in your home the very next day because that's unhealthy for you. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to grieve like you would any other child that would be leaving your home. And we're going to be patient because every family grieves in a different way in a different time frame. And that's okay. And we're going to be there for you during that time. And we're going to be able to try to process it with you. I think that's great. And I think, I think that's such a good point because I, I do think that a lot of that reaction comes from fear. People are just too afraid. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think those are really good points, Andy. Well, thank you for joining us today, Andy, to debunk some of the most common foster care myths and to share with us what a positive experience foster care can be, um, not only for the children, but for the parents as well. And thank you for tuning in. Remember, if you'd like to learn more about foster care and adoption, or if you'd like to learn more about fostering or adopting through Buckner, you can visit us online at www.buckner.org slash foster care to request more information.